Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, super smart, and the most wonderful Disney mom I know, my <laughs> wife and co-host, Michelle. Oh, thank you, sweetie. And thank you for the amazing breakfast in bed, Mickey Waffles. woo <laughs> Hi, everybody. Not gloating or anything. But <laughs> no, yes, I we, know. It was a happy Mickey Waffles Mother Day, Mother's yeah. Day this morning. I made Mickey Waffles for Michelle and served her breakfast in bed. And so, uh, that was a so lot of lucky. fun. Uh, wishing all of you, all the mothers right. out there, a very, very happy Mother's Day today to my mom, Patty, who really inspired Disney within me, took me to Disneyland when I was young, uh, took me to see Star Wars for the first time, really is kind of the backing behind my love for Disney and Star Wars. Thank you very much. Just such a wonderful lady. She is. To Michelle's mother, Rita, uh, very happy Mother's Day to her as well. Uh, to other mothers in my family, to Joyce, to Heidi, to all you moms out there, uh, happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. Right. And to my dear sisters as well, happy Mother's Day. And as they say, on with the show. On with the show. So, <laughs> yes, we are recording this on Sunday, May 10th, 2020. It is Mother's Day. However, this episode is not going to focus on Mother's Day, mostly because Michelle did an excellent job just about a year ago uh, doing a Mother's Day episode that we were not going to top this year. If you want to go back and listen to it, you can find it on episode 50, Mother's Day, The Disney Way is the way it was titled. Michelle took over and did just an amazing Aww. job with that show. Uh, we Thank talked you. about what some, I think there were some mom songs. Right. Uh, there were things that how to treat mom on Mother's Day. Right. It was just a really great episode and it really should go back and check it out. Ah, you're sweet. Thank you. And it was a lot of fun to do and so I uh, didn't want to try to, you know, replicate the same thing, figured we'd mix it up a little bit. And uh, I think because of our our yearning to get back to the parks, we've been talking a lot about <laughs> things like food and uh, that kind of as getting prepped for that kind of inspired us on, on yeah. today's topic. Yeah. Well, we also know that you love some of our five favorite lists. And we also like to incorporate you within our show. And I know whenever we give uh, feelers out there for people to chime in on what their five favorite things are, what their even just what their favorite are. Uh, you, you all take part and do so uh, really well, and we really appreciate you coming on. and And we will have some of your uh, viewpoints on this topic today as well. We appreciate that you join us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, why don't you just take a second and sign up for the newsletter. You will be so happy you did. Let me tell you, uh, it's a very fun and quirky newsletter that Tom puts together each week. and It's it, funky. It's funky too, yes. And it gives you some 
uh, premiere preview information and some fun things and some more details about what we talk about here. And it's just our way of interacting with you. Yeah, mostly we try and, you know, share what our shows have been, you know, the most recent show, the show that was prior to that, what we have coming up. We reach out if we want some input on the show like we got for this one as well. Uh, And then sometimes we drop some interesting news on you. And I'm just going to tell you right now, if you sign up for the newsletter, you're going to hear something about some interesting news we have coming up this week first when we drop it on Tuesday. So if you want to know that before we put it out anyplace else, uh, you should sign up for the newsletter. Yes. As I said, you will not regret it. And uh, no fears. We don't do anything with your email. We're not collecting it for any reason other than to send you the newsletter. That is exactly it. We just want to stay more in touch with you, our Hyperion adventurers. Uh, We also love being interactive with you on social media. If you want to connect with us and follow us and have some fun out on social media, you can always find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to email us for any reason, whether it's just a question, suggest a topic, whatever the case may be, you can always hit us up at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, it's a great way for you, as Tom mentioned, to get in touch with us and give us some feedback. And another great way to give us feedback is through a review, whether you just do a star rating or an actual review. It's always so very much appreciated. We do look at those every single week and we appreciate it when they come in. But mostly the easiest way to tell people about this show is just tell your friends that you like the Hyperion Adventures Mm -hmm. podcast, that they should give it a listen. Uh, That is the most simple way uh, to get the word out about this show. As for today's show, we have lots of stuff for you, including we're starting to see some things reopening, and that includes Disney. That's exciting. We'll talk about that. (laughs) And we have a very special bonus episode that will be on your way tomorrow. That's right. We are going to be back-to-back episodes. It's not going to yeah. be your, your typical episode tomorrow, but we are going to have a bonus show coming your way tomorrow. And that's because we'll have the opportunity to talk with someone who had to deal with Disney reopening in troubling times in the past. And uh, we'll kind of ask him about Disney reopening now and what they're going to have to go through. And we think it's going to be an interesting conversation and a timely one. So we didn't want to put it off we, we got to schedule this interview for tomorrow morning we didn't want to wait a week to get it to drop it on right. you so it's going to be a special bonus episode yeah we're really excited uh, and honored to be able to have secured this interview and I know you all are just going to really be thrilled with the information that uh, that is collected during that interview yes it's, it should be very interesting so you know uh, obviously listen to this show and then listen to that show or vice versa whatever the case may be but it's going to be a fun day and we're going to have some interesting information coming for you tomorrow. As for today's main topic, yes, we are back to our five favorites list. We have another five favorites episode. And as Michelle was talking about earlier, you know, we tend to get a little hungry, maybe (laughs) craving an adult (laughs) beverage here and there. So what better place to do that than a Disney Lounge, right? Exactly. And not just for an adult beverage. Um, These lounges, at least the ones I've picked, and I know our lists are sometimes... have some variations in how we interpreted mm. the discussion. <laughs> that never happens. 
Um, but you know, some of them, they're just great atmospheres are great ways to get together with people. And so this is a, this is a fun topic. Yes. I think it's a very fun topic. And it's some of our favorite places to visit when we're either at the Walt Disney World Resort, the Disneyland Resort, Disney Cruise Line, whatever the case may be. So let's get to it. Here is our five favorite Disney lounges. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure could help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. All right. I mean, honestly, <laughs> of course, if you're thinking about a lounge, which is technically a bar, All what's right. the first most famous bar you think of? Well, it's got to be the Cheers. That's house, right? right. It's where friends come together, which is exactly appropriate for this topic and don't we today. All, and don't we all think of Disney as the place where everybody knows your name? I mean, right. gosh, if it's on one, if you're wearing one of those buttons that has your name on there for happy birthday or whatever, everybody's telling you happy birthday yes. to you. Uh, so uh, that's kind of the way we feel about it. So I think that was kind of the perfect song when to go into this. Good one. job, sweetie. Hope you enjoyed that. I, I know when I was recording, I'm like, oh, it's such a nice song. I forgot how good this theme song is. It's so good. Anyway, uh, let's get to our main topic, our five favorite Disney lounges. We always start this with Michelle. One, because she has the... You know, she's just a wonderful <laughs> Disney mom. Uh, so she's really smart, intelligent, loves her Disney lounges, but also she has the most interesting <laughs> lists. So let's get right to it. Here is Michelle's number five favorite Disney lounge. Oh my lounge. gosh, so kind. Uh, so big news here is... I actually this time stuck to five. Wow. No A's, no Ooh. B's, no C's, that is just big news. five lounges. That is big news. <laughs> um, but the other thing that we wanted to be able to share with you today, too, and when we're talking about these lounges is, you know, um, highlighting a, a special moment we had at each of these locations. So we're, you know, kind of adding that element to this yeah. uh, discussion of our, our five. Maybe babes. even with our favorite drink or uh, food to order there is right. as well um, just to kind of expand a little bit on not just to name the actual lounge itself right although that would be fun too but yeah. it'd be a very short episode yeah. <laughs> boring boring <laughs> all right so my number five and i i would suspect it's going to be on yours as well but um is the lamplight lounge at <laughs> disney california adventure park it is a bit higher on my <laughs> list but yes uh, it is on my list. It's correct. All right. Well, you know, I mean, it has that fabulous Pixar theming. Um, what's really nice, too, is they have an inside and an outside area. Uh, the inside seating just has so much great uh, memorabilia or just kitschy things about each of the movies, the Pixar movies. Um, so I really like that concept art that they have in there. And the outside, the external seating really gives you a uh, 
perfect waterside view of Pixar Pier land. It's I, I think you'd agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's spectacular. I mean, if you can, if you're willing to wait to get a uh, waterside table, it's well worth it. Yeah. And uh, the thing about the Lamplight Lounge is, yes, they have the regular restaurant uh, there that you can go in and dine in, but they also have kind of an outer area that is separate from that where they have kind of smaller plates and cocktails that you can go to as well. So you can pick and choose how you want to approach the Lamplight Lounge. Right. It did make our five favorite lists for themed Disney restaurants not that long ago. Exactly. So, uh, it's, so it kind of, it, it suits for, for both occasions. Right. Um, and so they have a lot of great little um, side or small dishes. Uh, our favorite, which is also included uh, that, that you included, honey, on uh, Disney Dishes blog is the lobster nachos. Mm. I mean, if, if you go there, you really need to, to taste those. They are amazing, amazing. And uh, personally, I like either having, uh, they have once in a while some different craft beers in mm-hmm. uh, that are really great or their Mai Tai, which mm-hmm. is the best Mai Tai I think I can ever think of having. Um, I, I just label this as pure paradise. Yeah, you know, it really is. And this is number two on my list. That's how high wow. I have ranked um, <laughs> because I just love the Lamplight Lounge. Any chance I get to go there? Yes, absolutely. Every time I go, lobster nachos and a captain's Mai Tai for right? me. Uh, that is, that's perfect <laughs> for me. I don't know. Do you have a story to go along with it? You know, I when I was reflecting on this uh, oh, waterside dining, huh, reflecting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, shiny. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked there just thinking of this wonderful location mm-hmm. but um you know i really think the first time that we went there uh was my favorite I mean, and we've gone there other times but just the first time seeing it and experiencing it and we were outdoors and just again having that fun time together that we're in the park we get to appreciate where we are and you know what we're experiencing at that time but we're not in the midst of all the crowds could do some people watching um that was really just phenomenal phenomenal to me and just made me want to go back more and more right yeah the first time we went was when it was the cove cafe before Mm -hmm. it had transformed into the lamplight lounge when during the whole pixar pier transformation uh the thing i remember about that visit is that you know, we didn't know how much food would come or how big the, the <laughs> not right. lobster taco or lobster nachos, I should say, were. So we ordered that. We ordered like some tacos. We ordered like three things. Yeah, I think we ordered like sliders. So <laughs> much food. Plus, we, had, we each had a couple of cocktails, you know, and it was like we just could not finish it. It was so much more food than we expected. So uh, that was really interesting. Uh, the other thing I remember about the Lamplight Lounge that, uh, and this was. I don't think it was our first time visiting as the Lamplight Lounge. It may have been, Mm -hmm. Um, but was actually just about a year ago when we went there for our very first visit on opening weekend of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Right. Uh, we made a reservation for brunch at the Lamplight Lounge because our reservation to go into Galaxy's Edge, that's when they were doing the reservation time, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the soft opening or whatever it was, was like at noon or something like that. So we had the morning to right. ourselves. Uh, so we've got a reservation at the Lamplight Lounge, did brunch there, brunch at the Lamplight Lounge. I mean, I know this is more of a restaurant than the lounge thing itself right. but it's amazing that the mimosa flight is spectacular the food oh i just love it and that's my other favorite memory of mm-hmm. the lamplight lounge personally agreed agreed and you're absolutely right and it's it's you know more unique food than what you'd see at any breakfast location or brunch location um really nice hearty di- hearty meals there and like you mentioned with the um mimosa flight very 
you know, high specialty kind of mimosas. It's just not your regular orange juice and champagne. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's spectacular. I recommend it for anybody going to Disneyland, uh, make a reservation for brunch or just drop by. Sometimes you can just get in even just by dropping by. Right. Uh, give it a shot because it, it's, it is the best meal at that lounge for sure. My, other than just going up there and getting a drink in the lobster nachos, right, which exactly. is just fine as well. Yes. But I mean, that just was the start of our amazing day that we had going to Star Wars True. Galaxy's Edge right afterwards right. for the very first time on the it was the opening weekend it wasn't the first day it was open it was the second day it was open but it was just uh, what a fantastic trip that yes was. So. so now I'm curious to your number five my number five I'm actually going out to sea for my number five uh, my number five I had to get Disney Cruise Line in this because <laughs> you know we're big D- Disney Cruise fans obviously enough uh, and my favorite lounge aboard a Disney cruise ship is because we've been on this ship so many times. It's my favorite place to go. It's the Cadillac Lounge on oh, the yeah. Disney Wonder. It's Definitely. themed excellently. It's got all these leather and dark wood. There's usually in the evenings a piano player uh, right. there. Uh, sometimes one of the bands will play there. You know, we watched a soul duo play yes. there this last time. Uh, just uh, one of my favorite spots to to go by there. If I'm there, I'm probably going to try and order something off the sommelier bin, which right. is, I don't know if you know what that is, but if you go there and they'll have like a price for like $10, okay, and it'll say sommelier bin, and you just say you want a red, a white, or a sparkling, and they, if they happen to have something open, they may not, they right. may not have something open, but if they do, uh, they will serve you something, and it could be anything from like $20 a glass. Right. It, it will never be... Uh, worth less than what you're paying for. Right. A lot of times you're getting this spectacular glass of wine or champagne uh, for you know a portion of the price. Exactly. It's really great. Um, as far as my favorite memories from the, this spot, well, it started with when our first trips to actually get to try concierge. Right. Because before they had the actual concierge lounge aboard the Disney Wonder, when you when you do concierge, one of the things that's great about concierge is that when you get on board, they whisk you, they escort you and whisk you away. <laughs> now it's to the lounge. But before, it used to be they'd whisk you away to meet with your concierge in the Cadillac that's lounge. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. And yeah. they would have snacks there and cocktails for you and your concierge would come and meet with you personally and talk about your itinerary and what you're going on. If there's anything you want to add, sometimes uh, someone from Palo would come by and ask if you want to get some extra reservations for Palo, right. which of course you do. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it just was wonderful. As far as the way it is now, our most recent sailing, uh, we had an evening where we went in there, as we talked about, Soul Duo, right. who's just uh, this cute little two-piece band, uh, husband and wife team. I believe they're husband and wife. Yeah, anyway. and super talented. Yeah. Oh my God, these people play, each of them play like a million Different instruments. Multiple instruments. We went in there, uh, had a nice, co- I think you had their specialty uh, gin and tonic, yes. which was like this, this crazy gin fancy, and tonic. Fancy, I had a really <laughs> nice glass of wine. And the interesting thing was uh, you know, we were sitting there and we're just watching the band play and it was just totally enjoying it. The band actually included the bartender into some of their numbers. <laughs> he was playing harmonica Ma- yeah. over on the bar <laughs> and it just made for just this fun, wonderful evening. Right. I mean, it's, it is a small kind of a lounge. Um, and like you said, the decor is beautiful. The, behind the bar itself, it 
it has this um, setup that actually looks like the fender of a Cadillac, mm-hmm. you know, from, I, I don't know, I guess the 50s or the 60s, I would imagine, you know, so it's really striking to see that. And like you said, they do when you go there, when there is entertainment, they do try to, you know, get the room involved or engaged not necessarily it's not um, sing along or whatever but just to appreciate sometimes give their requests for songs or whatever and yes you're right that time uh, on this past sailing they played a Beatles song and Mm. uh, when it came to the harmonica part of that song the bartender was actually playing as well and I mean the place just adored it and loved Mm -hmm. it and roared it was so much fun and it, it that you're right. That lounge can be either something that is just, okay, end of your evening, relaxing before you head to bed, or it can just be real fun mm-hmm. entertainment as part of your evening entertainment. Right. There's lots of great lounges on all the Disney ships. You have plenty to choose from. Uh, that just, because it's our favorite ship and right. we've had many opportunities to enjoy it, uh, that's why it made my list is my favorite. But there are so many, and we're going to have some of our listener uh, choices as well. They're going to name some other ones. So when you actually get to go on a Disney cruise or your next Disney cruise, some of those you'll want to check out as well. Yes, indeedy. So that's my number five. Let's get to Michelle's number four favorite Disney lounge. Okay, so my number four is the River Roost at Port Orleans ah. Riverside Resort. Yeah, I, 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 you know what? This one skipped my mind. It was, it came to me this morning that it should have been on my list. So yeah. I was going to, since I had already made my list out, I was going to make it an honorable mention. But nice. I'm glad you uh, brought it up. Yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, especially when they have Yeehaw Bob yeah. there. Um, the lounge itself, it's really just quaint, you know, and it has a lot of beautiful touches that are, you know, reminiscent of New Orleans. And um, for example, they have beautiful woodwork and ornate mirrors behind the bars. I mean, that's one thing about Disney. Uh, They really do their, their back part of the bars up really nice. And this one is definitely in that class as well. So it gives you that real old time Southern charm Mm -hmm. feel to it. Um, uh, When the show starts, you're really in for something special. Uh, Bob is, I, I don't know how to even describe this show that he puts on. He is one of the liveliest, most entertaining people I've ever seen. Um, he is so skillful at getting everyone involved in the show, whether, you know, actually physically, because I remember you being <laughs> up there on stage too, um, and or just singing the room, singing along or funny lines. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody that there is just a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of energy in that room when he's there laughter and uh, it's a great family place to go, even though it is a lounge when he's there, it is very much a family show. Um, So if you've never gone there, you're really missing out on a special experience. Yeah. uh, We went there first time for me. I don't think you'd actually gone and seen him before either was we were invited there last year, last June uh, by Rob, Barry and his lovely right. wife Kim from uh, of course Rob you know he was on last week's episode he's from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast uh, he brought us there he'd kind of known what it was about we were experienced it for the first time and we just had such a great one well, we just have a great time with, always with them right uh, and just in general uh, but that show is amazing and yes um, well I mean Michelle was a part of it as well they're, they're, <laughs> everybody gets takes a part in the show but maybe he focused a little more on me than <laughs> Couple other people, and if I can never, you know, what you should go hit up Rob at JTA Podcast yes. on Twitter or uh, Jedi Temple Archives Podcast on other social media. Uh, somewhere 
he has video of me running around like a maniac in that <laughs> bar, you know, inspired by Yeehaw Bob. Right. Uh, you should ask him if he'll release that so we can all have some fun with that. But, uh, and I have pictures too. Yeah, so, so, uh, yeah. It's a great show. Definitely go check it out. We'd go check it out again. As a matter of fact, some of you out there, when we meet you at the parks, we'd love to meet you there because exactly. it's Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, um, you know, that was going to be, uh, that that is not what was going to be. That is my, you know, most memorable experience there uh, because it was, like you said, with great friends that we adore. Um, we can't thank them enough for introducing us to this unique entertainment. Um, you know, and like you said, a lot of great pictures and videos. I mean, like I'm, I was mentioning, Bob, before the show starts, he goes around to the tables and it's interesting how he, he will pick the name of somebody and he'll remember that person throughout the show and bring it's amazing them. how he can do yes. that after doing so many shows how he can remember names it's it, incredible exactly so it, it it is fun and again really a huge thanks to um rob and kim for introducing right. us to this amazing location and speaking of mother's day my my mother was with us on that that's trip right. of that show and we had all had a lot of fun together yes the whole group of us exactly um, so I didn't eat there because we had already, um, had other plans, but I, you know, would, when looking at their menu, wish I had had some space <laughs> because they have a great signature dessert called the hummingbird cake. Uh, it's a pineapple banana cake, uh, soaked with the Bayou spiced rum. <laughs> has roasted pecans, cream cheese frosting. I mean, right? Who wouldn't right. want that? Yeah, you know? sounds pretty good to me. Uh, and they also have a southern fish and chips, and that's uh, cornmeal-battered southern catfish served with Cajun steak fries. So, you know, uh, it's a, a spin on fish and chips that sounds yummy, yummy. Yeah, I remember they have a good beer list, a good right? beer menu there, and I enjoyed a couple of uh, brews there with Rob and Kim and my exactly. mother. Exactly. Well. So, yeah, it it's a fabulous pl place to go, even if uh, Yeehaw Bob isn't there, but uh, it puts it way over the top when he's performing. Agreed. Uh, like I said, I, I'd forgotten about it right off the bat, but I was going to add it because I just didn't feel like changing my list at this point right. because uh, when it came to me this morning I was thinking oh yeah that should be on my list we'll just do an honorable mention I'm glad it's on your list so oh we thank you really discuss it in detail well and we and how many times do we say our list today is not going to be <laughs> the same as tomorrow and etc so how about you number four well my number four I'm actually stealing kind of a page out of your book uh, and I have a 4A and a 4B um, <laughs> I'm mostly going to mention 4A because I have a feeling 4B is going to be on your list so if for some reason it's not which All I right. can't imagine it's not Ooh. I'll come back to it later but 4A for me is the Geyser Point Bar and Grill at the Disney Wilderness Ooh, Lodge. Nice. Yeah. Uh -huh. I just love the ambiance of that place. It's all open air. It's right on Bay Lake. Yes. So you can sit out there and just watch the friendship boats go by mm -hmm. and, and just enjoy the ambiance of the whole space. Uh, they have some, you know, if you want to just grab a burger and a beer, they have really great uh, menu for sandwiches and stuff, you know, kind of your typical pub bar. Right bar and grill type food uh their beer list is excellent uh if i was there today uh, i'd probably be getting the elysian dragon's tooth stout right uh, it's really good yeah enjoy that very much um as far as my favorite menu or memory of that place uh i still remember the, one of the days we we did we're on the west coast okay so a lot <laughs> of our flights going into florida into walt disney world are red eyes yes. going in a lot of times 
So, you know, we'll get there in the morning, you know, go and check in our hotel or resort or wherever the case may be. It's probably our room isn't ready. So then we'll go head off to Magic Kingdom or one of the parks and do whatever. Come back. Uh, I remember this being the case with one of our trips. We were actually staying at the cabins at Fort Wilderness. Mm -hmm. Checked in. It wasn't ready. I think we went to Magic Kingdom or whatever. Came back. Went to the Wilderness Lodge. Went to uh, Geyser Point. Right. Had a burger. Had a beer. Our right in the middle of it. Our room was ready. Went back and, you know, just tummy's full. <laughs> nice feeling because we'd had a beer or two. Yeah. Went in and got a nice nap. That's right. It was the perfect way to start a day at uh, Walt Disney World. Yeah. When you have to red eye in anyway. Right, right. You know, trying to get every second of the park time when we do that. Yeah. Right. No, you're right. And that, that was an amazing time. And we've always, every time we've gone back there, we've enjoyed the food, the, you know, the service. Uh, like how the fact that you can, if you want a, a preferred seating, like one that is facing the water, you know, you can put in that request if it's not ready immediately, they will text you when it is. And so you can then just walk the grounds or whatever while you're waiting. And yeah, another place to really get, have that ability to, to somewhat detach from all the, the hustle and bustle, mm-hmm. but still know you are there at Walt Disney World. Yeah. And a lot of these lounges that we're going to talk about, I think that has that, uh, part of them where it's not I mean some of these are yes they're going to be crowded lounges they always are they just that's the way they are Uh, but there's other places like this that just you know you're there and you're enjoying yourself but it's yeah, it's that kind of that step away from the parks right. and the crowds and you just get a moment to just kind of breathe and relax. If it's, you know, it's the 10 months out of the year where it's really hot in Florida, you know, cool down for a little right. bit and sit and get off your feet from walking miles at the parks or whatever. It's, it's got yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, it's just relaxing too. It's got the couches mm-hmm. and, you know, padded seating and things like that. So it's just a really nice, charming place to go. It is. It's a really charming place to go. And that's why it's my number four a i'll get to four b if i need to later all right let's get to michelle's (laughs) number three favorite disney lounge okay so my number three is back here on the west coast is trader sam's enchanted tiki bar that was my four (laughs) b See, I knew it was going to be on her list. So for me to be able to have Geyser Point in there, That's I, right. I, I put it off. So good. Thank Perfect. you. That, that couldn't have gone better. I know. We right? Wow. We don't compare lists ahead of time. That could not have gone better for me. So Excellent. Uh, so, you know, we've been to the lounges on both coasts uh, with Trader Sam's theming and, um, you know, Grotto at the Polynesian Resort. Yeah, exactly. And and they're both fabulous. Um, Just in my personal opinion, I kind of like the feeling of the one at Disneyland. I feel (laughs) the one at Disneyland feels much more like a real dive. You know, (laughs) it just has that kind of... It's a little smaller to me, in my opinion. You know, so, you know, they they have, just like at the Grog Grotto, the Polynesian, they have an outdoor area as well, which isn't the same. But the inside is a little smaller at the Disneyland Hotel. Exactly. You know, it just, it feels like it's something that's been there for years Mm -hmm. and years and years. And yeah, but not as many years as it looks like, you know, Um, but you do know it's Disney and you're at the Disneyland Hotel. And so how much more fun could that be? Um, And like you mentioned, if you can't get indoors, the outdoors, they have different uh, types of seating. So they have immediately outdoor they have some um, some tables and chairs, some, some with couches, mm-hmm. and then they have just a little bit further 
beyond that, but still within view is uh, a, a giant outdoor fire mm-hmm. place that they have really nice lounge seating. It's around there as well outdoors. So uh, you have a lot of opportunities there, even if you can't get get inside. Um, they have updated their menu and uh, it's, it is again, all small plates. I think we talked about that when this was on my list for restaurants. Um, I know they used to have some fabulous mini tacos and lettuce cups, which are still available mm-hmm. on the East Coast at Walt Disney World's, you know, the Sam Grotto. Um, but looking at the newer West Coast menu, um, I think next time we go, I'd probably try something like the Angus Hawaiian cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. It has uh, grilled pineapple, applewood smoked bacon. Um, they also do have a salad. They, they call it the Little Gem Salad and Grilled Salmon. And it has candied macadamia nuts, avocado, and their vinaigrette is pog. Pog-based pog. vinaigrette. <laughs> you know what that is? That's uh, pomegranate. Oh, no, that's palm. No, no it's, it's passion, orange, and oh, guava. that's right. That's what pog is. I right? was thinking of palm. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. That's what pog is. Yeah. Have you ever been to Hawaii? Um, you yeah, know, And I know like stuff. some of the airlines used to pass that out in little juice cups uh, along the route there. Um, but that that's, so, seems so fun there. Um, they do have some really creative cocktails. I mean, such a variety of cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um and yet, most every time I go, I get the tiki, 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 tiki rum. You got to say uh, enough tikis. You got to make sure you get them all in there. Right, that's right, you true. know. <laughs> and um, so, you know, that has obviously rum, cream of coconut, pineapple juices, orange. But it also has uh, cinnamon nut and nutmeg on top of it. So it has that, you know, a very tropical taste to it. But it is unique with, with the additional um seasoning mm-hmm. there so uh and i think if i'm not mistaken you like the hippopotamitai hippopotamitai yeah, yeah. I, it's either that it's one of the two i'm either getting the tiki 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 rum or right. the hippopotamitai <laughs> again gotta get it right uh the tiki 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 rum exactly yeah. Yeah. So. uh and so my most memorable experience there was actually a time that we went with uh, several family members together. There was a kind of a, uh, actually, I think there was like eight of us all together. Um, we did sit on the outside. We had a yeah, fab- Getting eight people inside. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not really easy. And you're not going to be able to talk to each other and everything. Um, I mean, we did go inside and, and check it out for a while, but um, to actually have some food and drink, we, we did great. And getting a table with actually the couches. And um, so I remember most just, they did have uh, somebody playing Hawaiian music, their live Hawaiian music, and uh, just being together with family, with some fun food and great drinks, and just remembering tons and tons of laughter. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you ever get a chance to go there inside is definitely the more enjoyable seating time but i'm mean, seating location but you can really have a great time no matter where you're sitting mm-hmm. at that restaurant exactly uh yes it, the experience of the enchantedness of it yeah uh, is from the inside uh so if you get the chance uh do try and get inside however yes it's it's really nice to sit outside um it, it's pleasant especially if they have a performer out we just had a uh, person playing ukulele right. and guitar, you know, kind of, you know, that Polynesian kind of feel to it. Exactly. It just made for a really nice evening. So uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and when I'm there, I like the uh, panko crusted long beans with yes. the togarashi aioli. Mm-hmm. That's a Disneyland. Love that. And yes, the chicken lettuce uh, cups with the hoisin ginger right. uh, sauce. It's uh, 
that's at uh, the Grog Grotto over right. at the Polynesian Resort as well. Love that as well. So good stuff. And yeah. My memory would have been the same as yours when we were there with uh, family. Yeah. And just had a great time. Chris too. and Joyce, who've been on here mm-hmm. with their boys, and yep. your mom was there. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a lot, a lot of fun. A lot of fun for sure. So. Uh, that was my 4B, Michelle's number three. So my like, number yeah, three. Yeah, your number three. Uh, this was actually probably been my number one about a year ago at this time. However, it's dipped slightly, <laughs> unfortunately, and that's a little disappointing, but we still love it just the same. And that is the Alfresco Tasting <laughs> Terrace at Disney's California Adventure Park. Yeah, that made my list. That's actually number two and kind of the same thing that, that you were describing. But go ahead and tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, last year at this time would have been number one. However, uh, they've changed the menu a bit. Some of our favorite items aren't on there anymore. We still like some uh, a lot of their food, uh, but it's just not as great. Also, it's now uh, annual pass holder only, and because of that, it used to be it used to be this great spot that was kind of <laughs> hidden that no one knew right. about, and you could just walk up there and get this beautiful table. Kind of again, a place where you could detach from the park. Yes. Um, but now it, you know they've announced it as annual pass holder only, and Disneyland happens to be annual pass holder driven. Yes, uh, it's a little tough to get into now so i mean we still have had success doing right. it but it's not the same as it used to be so that's why it dipped a little bit on my list still number three uh but it dipped a little bit but my, my favorite memory um of course was our first time ever visiting there and it really was a special event um we did a fest parker wine pairing right. lunch uh, where we actually met, and he was been on the show, you know, about six months ago, maybe a little bit more. Eli right. Parker, yes. who is uh, the guy who uh, he's Fess Parker's son for one, and he, along with his sister, uh, runs the Fess Parker Winery. Uh, we did this wonderful pairing menu. I think it was five courses with wine and everything. We loved it so much. We did it again. We did it twice. Right. We signed up and did it again because it was so great. Right, exactly. They were they were having a couple of the, uh, you know, these um, tastings together. And so you're right. We did uh, do them twice. And that's the same memory that I put on there, too. It was just so phenomenal. I think, you know, um, having that experience and, and certainly they brought out much special yeah. more special you know small plates um to pair with their wines but it it was amazing and then not realizing it was going to be fest parker's son there you yeah. know and then how just amazingly comfortable talking to him mm-hmm. was you know he came around to every table to get people's input of the wines and to share some information about it and you know he he just seemed like the the most real down to earth family related relatable person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just had the best time there. And some other great times we've had there was when we've kind of uh, showcased it to some of our friends and family. Like uh, we were just talking about Chris and Joyce right. and my mother and, and we, we brought them up there so they can experience it because they'd never done it before. Exactly. And then just this last fall recently, uh, again, Rob LaBerry and Kim, right? Uh, they'd visited Disneyland for the first time and we brought them up there. They'd never experienced it before. So just kind of that. Uh, we love sharing that location with them. Them, especially when it was a little bit more, you know, not exclusive. It it's, I guess, technically exclusive now. It's not really, but it was just kind of a more of this hidden gem right. that used to be there. And so it was fun to, uh, you know, bring people there that may just walk by it, which most people did in the past before it was kind of notated as a, a annual pass holder destination. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, 
has, you know, it's a small location. Um, so it does have that kind of quaint feel. What's really nice is it is that open air kind of a, uh, a, a lounge. It has um, vines growing overhead as, as the ceiling. So you really it's get upstairs, right? It's upstairs, away from the, yeah. Kind of the park a little bit, but you can really again great views. Um, depending on where you're sitting in the in the lounge, really great views. Um, some of our favorites have been, you know, where you can look out over at Cars Land. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can pick up some of the songs from um, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree attraction. Um, but again, you you get that sense of hey, I'm at. Disneyland, you know, in this case, California Adventure Park, you know, you're in a very special place. And yet you're not in the midst of all the hustle and bustle, you're getting a chance to, you know, have that bird's eye view of it and really get to enjoy where you're at and the experience that you're at. And I agree that, like I mentioned, that was my favorite, um, memorable time there. Um, And, you know, even though it is a location that is more known because it is an annual pass holder location. At least one person in the party has to have an annual pass. The capacity is still the capacity. So it, you know, it's just that, yes, sometimes you might get there or approach there and find that you're not going to, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Um, But it's also one of the few places that you can really enjoy uh, the Disney family wines. And I think that's one of the things that we really enjoy about that as well. And they have some really fun, uh, wine flights mm-hmm. and you can th- therefore try different ones and it's it's it really is a special place it is uh, that's why it used to specialize in it still is a big part of their menu now they've, they've added a lot of more craft beers right. some craft cocktails and some other things up there as well but really it still uh, specializes in the Disney family of wines as we talked about Fest Parker being right. up there we will order that often uh, but usually if you're if I'm up there you're going to find me with uh, a glass of gogi Chardonnay if it's a little right. warm or it's during the day and uh, maybe later in the evening or if it's a little chillier you might see me with a Frank family Cabernet Sauvignon, yes. uh, which is one of my favorites as well. Uh, as far as food there right now, the, usually the charcuterie board right. is excellent. It's one of our favorite things. Uh, if you go and order one, ask them for extra Cristinis because you'll want it and right. need it and they're happy to give them to you. Uh, I do miss the the shrimp and chorizo that used I to know, be there yeah. and the Frito Misto that used right. to be there, which we would order every time because yeah. they're our favorite. But they're, they have flatbreads. They have uh, lots of other great stuff there. It's still is a great place it's just not what it as quite as good as it used to be uh but it's still one of our favorite places in any disney park right and the flatbreads um you know and what is also nice in this location for us when we're traveling with our son scott who has um down syndrome and sometimes that hustle and bustle can get a little bit too much and um you know, we, we like to bring him up there as well because it is, again, uh, it's a more relaxed kind of atmosphere so he can get to yeah. feel that settle down. Sometimes and, so relaxed, sometimes he just conks out on yeah. the couch. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty funny. And, uh, you know, for him, the flatbreads are great pizzas. So right. uh, <laughs> he's got good taste. Yeah. It's pizza. He's all about the pizza. He's all about so. the pizza, yes. So um, wonderful place. I agree with you. It would have been... Uh, probably much higher up, although it did make number two for me. So 
Let's hear your number two. Well, my number two we already talked about. It's the Lamplight Lounge oh. at Disney California Adventure Park. Again, uh, give me a Mai Tai, Captain's Mai Tai, and uh, lobster nachos, and I'm happy. So we've already gone through not only our number threes, but our number twos as well. So, so I'm suspecting our number ones are tied. Let's see. Let's get to it. <laughs> Here is Michelle's number one Disney Lounge. Oh, well, I have to give it to Top of the World yeah, Lounge at Bay Lake Tower. Well. <laughs> yeah. That's very <laughs> Very much. Of yes. course. Um, you know, so uh, if you're a DVC member, you probably have heard about this lounge. It is available for members who are staying on Disney property. Um, it, so it is right at the top of that resort of Bay Lake Tower. And uh, first of all, amazing views of Magic Kingdom um, and just like panoramic, stunning views. And some of the things like inside the bar, they have this, again, I've, I've been talking about what's behind the actual bar, mm-hmm. um, you know, seating area, but they have a spectacular monorail mural and it goes the whole length of the room mm-hmm. and it's so impressive. And it just, you're like, you just feel you're in a special place. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all different types of seating. So they have regular little tables and chairs they have the high top tables and chairs obviously at the bar um and what we tend to have fun if we're if it's available they have one location that has like a um padded bench and little tables but it's behind curtains yeah you can slide them closed if you want right right private room yeah yeah and so um but it's you know it's front and center it's you know it's not like you're in this back place but um you know it's it's really just kind of fun you feel kind of special like oh we have the vip lounge here but um it, and it's a first come first basis getting that so you don't make a reservation for that mm-hmm. um so it's it is a lounge that's also very family friendly uh at the time the fireworks are about to start they let people know they can put the uh, res- reserve table thing on your table so you can actually go outdoors and watch uh, the fireworks live with the music piped in and um, it just is amazing. Right. It's, it's, well, it just feels exclusive, which, you know, really it is right. because there's just, you know, not most of the guests that are at the Walt Disney World Resort can go there. You know, you have to be a DVC member, as you said, that is actually staying on site at right. one of the resorts at the time to be able to go in there. You know, there's, as you said, there's no better view of the Magic Kingdom fireworks from outside of the park exactly. itself. Uh, just so good. Um, and, you know, it's just... It's just this cool place. My favorite memory. Well, I mean, obviously, the first time we ever went up there and got to experience, we had just become DVC members not yes. that long ago. It was our first time getting to check this out. And it's like, wow, this is so special. This is just for us or whatever. But my other favorite memory is, again, and it's, this is, keeps coming up. <laughs> it's funny. It was the first time we ever met Rob and Kim. Right. Again, Rob LaBerry from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Uh, first time we ever met them in person. We've been chatting with them you know, many times, uh, you know, texting, talking through social media, right. whatever. We'd become quick friends. Uh, but this was the first time we'd ever met them in person. We went up there and we went into that little private room. Right. As a matter of fact, it was available. <laughs> and we just sat up there and talked with them for hours. hours. And mm-hmm. it was just such a wonderful night, having a little food, having some cocktails. And it just was the the very best time. I agree. It was a, an amazing time um, being able to, to experience that with them. And it, it's so funny. I know this is going to sound corny. And you can edit it out if it's too corny but it you know uh when it when 
I left there after that experience. I just felt like, oh, we have new friends. <laughs> and <laughs> not that we don't make friends, but it, it felt more like when you're in grade school and you make a new <laughs> friend. <laughs> It was that giddiness kind of yeah. new friendship. And so... Um, it, it may have been the alcohol too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it, it is great. Um, I, you know, that was a very fond memory. Uh, another one that I found that was very... I, I cherish also is um, going out there once and taking my mom. It's just her and I went up mm-hmm. there, you know, especially... taking your sister and brother-in-law right, there we, as Yeah, well. we've taken take- different people. But the time with my mother um, was just... A, a real nice, you know, it was one of those things that was, everything clicked well. We were having a great time. The service was amazing. Uh, we, you know, she was very impressed and loved the fireworks. And uh, we enjoyed some seven layer cake together mm-hmm. too, which was just, you know, it's just a fun time. It is actually one of our favorite things to do is to bring people in there who have not had the chance to experience it before. Again, it right. is kind of exclusive uh, to be able to go up there. And that's the thing about it also, the exclusivity of, because not only, I mean, yes, you can't get going out there unless you're on staying on property and you're a DVC member, but I mean, you, you have to go in, you have to check in down right. below the elevators. They push a special button to right. let you go up there. It just feels so, you know, like, Oh, you're so special. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of nice about it. Uh, so, but yeah, if you're ever out of the Disney, uh, Walt Disney world resort, when we are, um, we would love to experience it with you. So yeah. hit us up. But we're out there all the time. We, we, <laughs> especially if we are actually staying in Bay Lake Towers and we don't have to travel anywhere afterwards. We're up there uh, fairly regularly. Right. And we would love to bring you along. As far as what we'll have when we're up there, um, usually, it's just like the Alfresco Tasting Terrace for me. They they specialize in the Disney family wines right. there as well. So you'll probably see me with a Gogi Chardonnay or a Frank Family Cabernet Sauvignon. If I'm looking for uh, more of something along the lines of a cocktail, I love the Bay Lake Sunset, which is vodka, right. coconut rum, pineapple juice, and grenadine. And yes, uh, the, the seven-layer cake is spectacular. Yes. Uh, the cheese board is very good as uh-huh. well. I love That's the cheese right. board. It's excellent. Yes. So. And uh, another fun cocktail they have there is the monorail yellow, yeah. which is good. But they also have really fun um, non-alcoholic mocktails mm-hmm. that are that are also fun and yeah, enjoyable. It's not this, you know, even though a lot of these are lounges, but they know that they service families. Right. So they they have plenty of food and drink available for the young ones as well. The younglings. Yes, the younglings. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. It, it, it is, it, again, the, the small plates are what they feature there and um, the exclusivity of it is really neat. I know that the last time we were out there um, was at the holidays and there are just a few days in the year, like three or four, that are super exclusive and they are only available to people staying in Bay mm-hmm. Lake Tower. And we were actually... Very lucky to be there on that. It was like that felt really yeah. special too on a really exclusive um, time. But yeah, it, having that exclusivity makes it even that much more special. I, I agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of, again, it just yeah, adds to that extra feeling about it. And again, um, we would love to meet you up there sometime and you're at the Walt Disney World Resort. Hit us up on social media. If you see that we're, you know, in the parks or whatever, uh, and we can work out a time when, in between. Usually our schedules are pretty busy, but if we can figure out a time when we can all get out there together, um, we would love to meet you out there. And that is one of our favorite spots to do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So those are our five favorite Disney lounges. We have some honorable mentions, I'm sure. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, uh, no. 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 
<laughs> I do. I didn't prepare. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I have many honorable mentions because Good. there are so many other great lounges that deserve to probably be on the list. That is true. So I'm going to run through a few of these. And then we have some from uh, some of you who uh, contacted us uh, either through email or social media, whatever the case may right. be. Uh, as far as honorable mentions, uh, I'm going to go with the Carthay Circle Lounge at the Disney California Adventure Park. Mm-hmm. They have great cocktails there and it has a really great feel. It's uh, right. another one of my favorite places if you can't get into the lamplight lounge or the alfresco tasting terrace um probably then our next shot will be try to get into the carthay circle sure. lounge again uh that is tough to get into at times though usually is a line if you go by there you'll see this line outside wonder what that line is for sometimes right. it's waiting for a character a lot of times it's waiting to get inside the carthay circle exactly. lounge uh the meridian lounge on the disney fantasy and dream is a great place mm-hmm. kind of in between palo and remy uh that is a, this really nice bar and uh, kind of you know, gets away from the rest of the ship and it kind of feels like more exclusive, kind of this private, more private place. Uh, that's a great place right. for a cocktail. And, and you well. can usually get in there pretty easy because people think that is the waiting area for Palos mm-hmm. or Remy. Right. So they tend to shy away from it. And even if you happen to have a reservation at Remy or Palo, it's nice to maybe start your night in there, have a cocktail, and then head in sure. uh, afterwards. Uh, the Nomad Lounge at Des- Disney Animal Kingdom Park. Right. Uh, that's a great yeah, spot. Yeah, I was kind of actually surprised that one didn't make It nearly five. made my list. It was on there. I know it's going to be on some of our listeners' lists. Uh, it really is a really wonderful spot. Great food, uh, great cocktails, and uh, just a nice place to take a break and right. uh, kind of going through the Animal uh, Kingdom Park. Uh, the Topolino Terrace Terrace Lounge is one of the new places that I really like. Another great place to go up in the evening and watch fireworks. You can see the fireworks at uh, both Epcot and the Hollywood Studios up there. Uh, It's way up high. Really, really a great spot. That's at the Disney Riviera Resort. Uh, Ogus Cantina, uh, you know, it can get a little crazy in there. It can get a little hectic. And that's why why I didn't make my list is because, you know, sometimes it seems a little... You seem a little rushed and a little, you know, but it's really still, it, you know, the ambiance of it. The cocktails are good. Right. I, I still enjoy it very much. So both at Disneyland Park and Disney Hollywood Studios at the Walt Disney World Resort uh, definitely deserve it to be at least an honorable mention because it is enjoyable and it's, you know, Star Wars to the core. Definitely. You know? so, so. A lot of fun. So let's get to some uh, from some of you out there that you sent us. And the first ones to hit us up, uh, they did this. They, they subscribed to our newsletter. So when we put the uh, heads up out there, we're looking for people. Right. Uh, they emailed us right Right back, and that is Nate and Serena, the DVC nice. duo. You can find them Love on them. social media at DVC Duo. Go check out their blog, uh, DVCDuo.com. It's great. They're actually they're doing some recipes, which I'm. Hey guys, <laughs> Disney Dishes blog. You know, everybody's stealing my thunder nowadays. You know, between, first it's Disney, and now it's DVC Duo. Just kidding, guys. Uh, I love it. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, they say, hey, Tom and Michelle, we hope you're both doing well. First and foremost, thank you, Michelle, for everything what? you're doing on the front line. Aw, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, thank you, Nate and Serena. Very sweet. Yeah. Uh, here's our top five list of Disney lounges. Uh, number five is the Top of the World Lounge. Yeah. Uh, great drinks and views of the Magic Kingdom. Uh, number four is Enchanted Rose. That's uh-huh. one I forgot to, to put on honorable mention. I like the way they what they've done with that. Right. Uh, they say that's when we're feeling a little fancy, which, yeah, when every time you go into the Grand <laughs> Floridian. You got to feel a little <laughs> fancy when you're going in there for sure. Uh, the Cruise Cup, it reminds us of New England roots right. and uh, they have a fantastic burger, they say. I've never been there, but I'd like to check that out. Yeah, it's been a while. I've, I've been there and it, it is just, it's again, it's one of those nice, you know, relaxing places to go and still feel like you're in a very, very special location. Right. 
Uh, so you definitely want to check that out. Another place I've never checked out, but I feel like I want to, is the Abracadabra Bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they say the solid classic cocktails there. And the number one spot is Trader Sam's Enough Said, is what they say. <laughs> so, um, yeah, great list. Thank you, Nate and Serena. Thank you for the really nice notes there. Uh, Justin and Samantha Monorail also hit us up. You can find them there from the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Morning Monorail. And uh, I think this is mostly sent by Justin, but he gives uh, a drink favorites from both of them. Nice. So, uh, he says, oh boy, uh, now this is exciting. We'd love to share a drink with you all at the below locations. And we agree with that. Yeah. Coming up very soon. Uh, number five was Geyser Point. Mm-hmm. Again, one of our favorites. It says, my favorite fave place for pina colada. And Ooh, Sam, good to know. Yeah. And Sam usually takes a bullet old fashioned. Nice. Mm. Very cool. Uh, they also like Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. That's a Disney Springs. Right. Uh, he says, give me Reggie's Revenge. And Sam always enjoys uh, Jacques Old Fashioned. <laughs> seem, I seem like a, 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 a kind of trend from, <laughs> yeah. uh, from Sam there. Uh, number three was Ogus Cantina. I find the T-16 Skyhopper interesting. And Sam is a fan of the Jet Juice. Yeah. Try the Jet Juice. That is Jet Juice for sure. <laughs> Uh, number two is Trader Sam's. I take the tiki, 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 tiki yeah. rum. And uh, <laughs> Sam's drink is the dark and tropical stormy. Nice. Uh, and number one is the Nomad Lounge. I knew they'd have the Nomad right. Lounge as their number one. They love the Nomad Lounge. Uh, I go for the Snow Leopard Salvation, and Sam loves the Tempting Tigress. Ooh. He also said honorable mention to the Enchanted Rose. It's very nice. I like the Lavender Fog, and Sam loves the Seasonal Old Fashioned. Again, <laughs> the Old Fashioned trim for Sam. Nice. Uh, thank you. And, and Samantha Monterey, happy, very happy Mother's Day to you. Right, right. And that's a great list. I love it. And um, one thing's... Uh, made me think of when we were talking about our, our list with the Trader Sam's and Sam's Grotto is there are different drinks at the two different Right. Some are the same. Most are the same, but there are some there are different drinks. Just like there's different menu items. Right, so, right, right. So, you know, it's worthy of trying both on Very both nice. coasts. Very nice. I think you have some over there as well. We do. So so from our good friends, uh, Keenan and Rachel at part of our world podcast, and you can find them on Twitter at P-O-O-W podcast. They said, our lounge experience is limited, but did you know that Scat Cat Club at Port Orleans French Quarters serves beignets? And that they should get a bump up on everyone's list because of that. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Very good yeah, point. Very beignets. good. That's yes. not bad. I think uh, I have a feeling uh, Keenan and Rachel, I believe, have plans to head out around Labor Day weekend, I think, to the Walt Disney World Resort. And they're going to do it as an adult trip. Uh, yes. Not bringing their little one with them. An anniversary. So they may up their lounge game. Yeah. Right now, you know, so yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, looking forward to some pictures on that yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, Disney Cruise or DC, excuse me, DCL podcast. And on Twitter, it's at DCL podcast. Uh, they gave us their list, which included Geyser Point as well. Mm-hmm. Top of the world. Yes. Nomad. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that synchronize with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Baseline Tap House. Victoria Falls Lounge, and they said after their last two cruises, they've become huge fans of the Meridian Lounge as well. Yeah, makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Totally. Great list. Yes. Very good. Very good. You have more there? I do. So, um, John and Camille Cotton, which recently oh, yeah. joined our show, our show couple, about a month ago, right? Huh? Uh, and they're on Instagram. Uh, they they have at Vinyl and Disney. 
is one of their Instagrams and at Disney Bound and Down Mm -hmm. is the other one. And they said uh, they haven't done Walt Disney World as a family, um, but soon. Um, So, right, their list is composed of lounges from Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Uh, They put Olga's Cantina is all about the experience, uh, much more than the actual drinks. Uh, but they do like to slug the slug slinger the best. <laughs> I can't I can't disagree with that one. That's pretty go. good too. Um, and it said not really a lounge, but we spend most of the time at the tasting terrace. Yeah, uh, Fresco tasting terrace. Right, I with, consider it a lounge. That's right. It's my number three. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said either in the afternoons to get a break or in the evenings before they head back to their hotel. Uh, they like to mix up what they get, but their recent favorite was the triple. IPA. Ooh, so ooh. very good. Um, they love dinner or drinks at the Lamplight Lounge. Uh, no specific favorite drink there. Um, but they do love getting drinks at Carthay Circle. They said sometimes just at the bar, but every time we have dinner there, we're checked in early, have drinks while they wait, and they always start with olive martini. Mm, very classic. That makes sense for the yes, Carpe Circle Lounge. Exactly. So. And a very happy Mother's Day to Camille. That's right. So. so, all right. Uh, so, over on my list, I have a few more here. Uh, DCL Duo, who hit us up on Twitter. You can find them at DCL Duo, different than DVC Duo, <laughs> just as, you know different but right. uh they've been really nice to us as well uh they like uh, shocking their list is mostly from disney cruise line it makes wow. sense yes. right uh skyline mm. is their oh, one yeah. of them. Uh, meridian again what we mentioned before the cove cafe of course yes. great for just a really nice cup of coffee or for a cocktail as right. well yep uh ooh la la oh, right. yes right up your alley i know and ogill's pub uh, on there obviously we're disney cruise fans after all is what they say and they say there's nothing like a paris 75 in skyline or a pre-dinner martini in meridian although my favorite is still the Colette pre-dinner at Remy. And I uh, I mean, there's nothing better than just dinner at Remy. Remy's starting it amazing. off mm-hmm. with the Colette right off the get-go. Yeah, for yes. sure. For sure. Uh, Adam, who is uh, from the Mouse and More podcast, hit us up. You can find him on Twitter at the Mouse and More. Uh, he says, Carthay Circle Lounge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lounge at Steakhouse 55. That's interesting. I never, I've, we've been there just kind right. of waiting to go do, I think we did tea at Steakhouse. Exactly. And we were talking about, wow, this looks like a great place. We should go hit it up sometime. Uh, we should experience that sometime. Definitely, yes. For sure. Uh, Nomad Lounge, again, on there. Uh, Bellevue at Boardwalk. Oh, is yes. On the list. Uh, the Lobby of Jambo uh, to relax after the Boma Coma, <laughs> which I get. That's at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, the Tune In Lounge at 50s Prime Time. Right. Baseline Tap House, nice. again, being mentioned. Right. Uh, he says, nothing specific, just want all the food because I'm hungry. And that's <laughs> the way we always are on yes. this show. So I get it, Adam. You have a couple more? I do. So um, Frank Cardillo, our great friend oh, hey, who's Frank. with, yeah, Theme Park Thursday uh, with Dillo's Diz. And he can be found at Frank M. Cardillo or and <laughs> at Dillo Diz. Um, he said, did Baseline Tap House for the first time in January and loved it. Uh, didn't think he would because, you know, change. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's not big on change. Right. <laughs> and he also says that Trader Sam's and Hangar Bar is where it's at for him right now. Yeah. Well, so. I guess those are places where I would like to be. Eggs. Anytime. Exactly. So I get that completely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I got a couple more here. Uh, WDW owner 
on Twitter can be found at WDW Owner. Didn't know we're followed by the owner. I know, right? (laughs) That's awesome. So they said, our favorite lounge or bar is Currents on the Dream and Fantasy. Nothing like sitting out on the deck deck with a drink at sunset or at night with the warm breeze. Plus, the ship looks beautiful with all the lights on at night. So true. That is true. It's just really nice to sit out there with the kind of it's, it's cooled down enough especially if you're in the caribbean it could be really hot during the day but when the evening time comes yes get the breezes it's just really pleasant out there and i mean it's just one of the things why we love disney cruise so much is you just you're just so at calm out at sea. right it's just exactly. so nice and whether it's out there or on your balcony or whatever the case may be so right no, it's a great choice and yeah and as we've mentioned on disney cruise there's a lot of things going on all the time so it's not just kind of like oh just sit around all the, all the time but there is those those it can moments be whatever you that want it, to it be. can be but there are those moments that you can really um stop and reflect at what you're doing and have a wonderful time. And and again, know that you're surrounded by a lot of fun things. That's one of the best. I mean, when you go to the Disney parks, you're mostly going and you're, you're hitting the parks, you know, it can be kind of crazy. It can be a Disney cruise. It can be, you can have a lot of activities. They have them going on all the time. If you want, you can also have that if you wanted to just be peaceful, sitting by the pool, sitting on your balcony, watching the ocean go by, it can totally be that or somewhere in between, which is usually where we find ourselves. Right, exactly. So, yeah. so. And uh, lastly here, uh, Amanda, who can be found at Twitter at Amanda K underscore data. She, like us, uh, enjoys the Lamplight Lounge, and she put perfect view. I agree with that. Thank you, Amanda. Exactly. Perfect view um, is one of our favorite spots, obviously, since it was on both of our lists. Right. So so that's our list of our five favorite Disney lounges and some of yours. If you didn't hit us up yet, uh, please email us, hit us up on social media, and we'll share them on a future show. But more importantly, we're looking forward to joining you the next time we get out at a Disney park at one of these spectacular lounges. I couldn't agree more. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see. Troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. You want to go where So that's a lot of fun. Boy, I, I really want to get back to a Disney lounge <laughs> sometime soon. Uh, sometime soon, though. Uh, let's get to our Disney stories of the week. This week, uh, they were interesting in that a lot of it had to do with Disney starting to... Right. Maybe possibly working towards reopening. And more specifically, we're starting to see a break in the clouds because the first of the Disney yes. parks is actually opening this week, this straight from the Disney Parks blog, Shanghai Disneyland will be reopening to the public on Monday, May 11th. When you're listening to this, it's probably already open. Right. So. It'll be really interesting to hear about that. Yeah. Um, they did have a media day already. Oh, um, I did not know that. That's yes. Cool. I'm just back from that. I know. I wish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just flew us out there and back one day. Uh, no. And uh, and you can find it on on. Um, 
on YouTube for sure. Uh, so some of the things that I noticed about that is, you know, that they are starting obviously with limiting the amount of guests to about 30% mm-hmm. capacity. I actually uh, read that they're doing less than that. They, they, they're going to ramp up to 30%, which okay. is like the goal. From what I, the story I read, it said that uh, it says typically the park has around 80,000 visitors per day, but the government has mandated Disney operate at 30% capacity or about 24,000 visitors. The park will actually operate well below that capacity and then kind of ramp up to 30% over the uh, over the next several right. weeks is what they're talking okay, about. Okay, that so. makes sense. You know, and, and obviously it's a reservation kind of a situation mm-hmm. right now for that. Yeah, um, yeah just because you have an annual pass or whatever, you right. still need to either make a reservation or buy a ticket of that day. And I guess the first day sold out really quickly. Right, so. sure. Who, uh, that, that was no surprise mm-hmm. there. So um, some of the things, uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that they were anything, uh, there was anything unexpected, but just to, to share what, you know, what was there is, um, you know, the, the entry and attraction queues have designated, instead of having designated stand areas, they actually have designated do not stand. So <laughs> they have blocks saying do not stand here. And that's how they, you know, designate the social oh, distancing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, in the seating on the attractions is also designated. Um, you know, they obviously are going to let families together sit together, um, but only those people can sit together. Then you have to have spaces. If the, if it's a if it's an attraction with different rows, like Pirates of the Caribbean, they will fill every other row mm-hmm. for right now. Um, you know, so that's kind of how they're also accommodating the distancing. They do have hand sign hand sanitizers at the exits of all the attractions because they do know people are you know touching those common areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the restaurants, uh, rather than taking out 50% of the seating, they are trying it out with leaving the current table seatings there and just designating which tables are not to be used. Right. So like if somebody, if it's a um, quick service and you're picking up your food and going to a table, there are tables that y- you need to avoid uh, for right now. Um they are going to have people doing frequent wipe downs of high touch points, including, you know, the, um, the queue rails and even trash cans. We saw that when we were on our recent cruise that there was somebody constantly, constantly. wiping down handrails and doorknobs. Um, so w- we saw that in action already and they, they did a great job. Um, uh, so they are also limiting the number of guests in stores so like some of the attractions, you know, they exit into a store. Mm-hmm. So if that store is at capacity, they'll have a different exit route mm-hmm. until it gets to where they can handle more people coming in there. Um, and so right now, rather than having the character meet and greets, uh, they'll have throughout the day multiple times like these little floats. So it's It kind of looks like a mini parade, a small parade, not mini mouse parade, <laughs> but a small parade, um, you know, with, with a couple floats with the characters. It, it did look like you're, you're kind of closer than a regular big parade production, you know, where the characters may be very high in the air. Here they're closer to, to the eye level. So helping the kids really get to still see their favorite characters. Um, and, and obviously the cast members are there to help assist maintaining social distancing, um, you know, whether it's using signs to remind people or actually, you know, pointing to locations. Uh, interestingly, they're using one meter, uh, which is about half of what 
our social distancing currently here is. Um, but uh, so it, it did look it did look like it was still going to obviously be a great experience to st- go into the park and experience Disney and just being mindful of some of these uh, current operations. But I thought they did a great job, you know, really planning it out and, and doing a, a, a spectacular job at trying to make this a very safe location yeah i probably they could do it at one meter because they're um requiring all their cast members to wear a mask as well as right. every guest is wearing a mask so sure. it's easier to yeah they're still giving you a little space but you, maybe you don't need the quite the six feet because right. everybody's wearing masks anyway right right so but yeah uh, hand sanitizer stations to wash your hands uh throughout the park cleaning regularly they're doing a lot of stuff uh, they're also checking on people before they come into the park right uh they also have they have a qr code that's done by the shanghai health organization that's uh, kind of so they can uh trace where people have been and if they've been in contact with anybody right. uh, you know so uh so you know the, obviously this is a a, a view into what we may see coming in the Disney parks. And we're actually going to be talking a lot more about that on tomorrow's bonus episode. Yes. So uh, stay tuned. For yeah. That. Very impressive. Uh, a guest tomorrow. Yes. And we'll talk about more about that in just a second here. Uh, as far as the good news, it keeps coming as far as reopening. The key piece of the Walt Disney World Resort will also be reopening this month. Again, from the Disney Parks blog, a phased reopening of Disney Springs will begin on May 20th. Uh, Following the guidance of government and health officials, a limited number of shopping and dining experiences that are owned by third-party operating participants will begin to open during the initial phase. Uh, Disney Springs will begin to reopen in a way that incorporates enhanced safety measures, including increased cleaning procedures and the use of appropriate face coverings by both cast members and guests, uh, limited contact guest services, and additional safety training forecast members so we're starting to see some right. things starting to you know kind of maybe it's you know take a look and see how things go and if that goes well we can advance right. a little bit more and a little bit more but uh, starting with disney springs and that's great news Yeah, it is great very exciting yeah uh so uh during the initial opening phase disney springs will have uh limitations on capacity parking and operating hours they'll have additional protocols and procedures that uh, may be announced closer to the opening date so uh, you maybe keep an eye on the disney park blog listen to us and we'll we'll kind of share it with you if we hear anything uh so they say please check disneysprings.com as we get closer to may 20th for the most current information on operating hours locations and safety procedures uh they you know obviously the rest of the walt disney world resort is still closed including the theme parks and the hotels but again this is a good sign that we're moving in the right direction hopefully hopefully that's that's all we can do right now is hope that's right and i uh it's like you said, it's just really exciting and it's very intriguing on how uh, the company is actually approaching this. Yes. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. Finally, we're getting some good news out there. And that's, you know, I mean, obviously it's we've had some good news here and there breaking through from Disney. But uh, this so far, what we heard this week is good news for hopefully the future. At least they're seeing a break in the clouds. Uh, that is good. I right. think we're all happy about that. Well, hopefully everything goes well. So uh, we never leave you every week without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on that eventual next vacation, whether it be to the Walt Disney World Resort, the Disneyland Resort, eventually Disney Cruise Line, Run Disney. We're going to get back to all those soon. We're hopeful. And we never... You know, we always go first with Michelle. One, because she's the best <laughs> Disney mom in the world. You're so well, at sweet. least in my opinion. Aww. 
but she also has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. You're so kind. Thank you. All right. Well, um, my tip relates to your arrival date. If you're going to one of the parks, or excuse me, one of the resorts for a vacation, for a multi-day vacation. And so let's say that your first day, you're not really planning to use that day as a park day. You know, maybe you're arriving later on in the day and you, you just don't feel like you're going to get the value from that. So um, just a couple little ideas of things to do. And, and I know we've done episodes before about what you can do outside the park, but um, just some little things here. And here's a little hack that I've done. Um even using Magical Express. So they typically take you to the resort that you're going to be staying at. Um, But if you've already arranged where they're picking up your luggage from the airport and you don't have any other carry-on luggage, maybe just your backpack or something like that, you could ask them to take you to a different resort. Mm -hmm. Um, Either one that you want to try out that this way you're not you know, having to arrange multiple types of transportation to, or maybe you might want to go to one of the monorail resorts and then be able to do some hotel hopping very easily through the monorail. And then at the end of your time, you can just go back to the uh, Magic Kingdom entrance where all the buses are and take a bus to your resort to check in. Um, and the, the nice thing about the monorail resorts, in addition to those and getting to try multiples of those, is it's also an easy way uh, you can hop on a boat to get over to Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground and check out some of the things going on mm-hmm. there. And uh, it's it's always a nice area. With the Wilderness Lodge. Yeah, well. yeah, with the Wilderness Lodge. And it's it's just a nice way to, you know, take a walk and, and just be in a real beautiful setting. And so, um, and so that way you can, again get back to your resort pretty easily. You, whether, you're, you know, if you're in the monorail resort area, you can take those buses. If you've actually uh, taken the bus to a different park or to a different resort, you can uh, either get on like a, a third party transportation or go through Disney transportation and get back to your hotel in time for check-in. Yeah, uh, it's a great point. I know um, we talked about earlier how uh, sometimes because we're on the West Coast, we have to red eye in. Right. And obviously our rooms aren't ready. So what do we do for that time? Well, we may want to go visit. If we have a, you know, tickets, we may want to go right. visit to the parks or maybe we want to go and do hotel hopping or we want to go to a lounge. I know Michelle has gone and, and done exactly that thing, taking the Magical Express to the Contemporary Resort and just right. walked over to Magic Kingdom and rope dropped right. Magic Kingdom because when you red eye in, you're here that early, you might as well go ahead and <laughs> exactly. red, uh, rope drop. So uh, we've taken advantage of those things. Uh, it might be a way to go in if you want to do Rise of the Resistance and go try and get a boarding group right. and, you know uh, you know take the uh, magical express to one of the locations nearby you know maybe the boardwalk or yacht and beach club exactly. or whatever the case may be and then you can just walk right over to the studios whatever the case may be it's a great point michelle always has the very best tips. she's a wonderful mother <laughs> oh, and she has you. the very best tips thank you now on to my secondary tip you know lesser <laughs> sure, tip sure. you know. Um, my tip is going back to the Disney lounges and specifically my number, actually our both of our number one pick for Disney lounges. Right. That is the top of the world lounge. Now, 
there's interesting timing when you want to go to the top of the world lounge uh, because most people are focused on the fireworks that are right. up there. Because as we talked about, there are great views of the fireworks from Magic Kingdom. They pipe the music in. It's spectacular view. It's a great place to watch the fireworks. So it gets very crowded around fireworks time. Tough to find a table. It's standing room only usually at that point. Right. So you have a couple of choices that you can do if you want to still visit the top of the world lounge and enjoy it, get a table, whatever the case may be. The first is they usually open at six, usually it's six o'clock. Uh, you, you can show up there within the first hour or so. Uh, get it. You usually will find a table there if you're right. in there within the first hour. You can order. You can have some cocktails or whatever. However, if the fireworks at like nine o'clock, which a lot of times they are, mm-hmm. or sometimes nine thirty, whatever the case may be, you're going to be sitting there for at least a couple hours eating food, having cocktails or whatever. Right. Which can I be? If you have a big group, that might be fine, you know. But you know, sometimes it's like, wow, where are the fireworks ever going to get here? Right. You know. So instead, what I would suggest to do is to go ahead and just have your fun at the parks or in your resort or whatever. Show up there a little bit prior to fireworks right. and go up and just go out. And you can, if you want, if you have time, go to the bar, get a cocktail or whatever, and then go out and enjoy the fireworks and then come back in. Because True. I'm telling you, after the fireworks are done, that place starts to clear out. Right. They're still open for a good few hours afterwards. Yes. Like most of the lounges around, they're open into the wee hours of the evening they're still open it clears out you can get a table much more easily uh after the fireworks are done i really is the kind of the best way to approach it you know get in there get a cocktail get a glass of wine get the seven layer chocolate cake cap (laughs) off your evening after the fireworks and uh, that's my tip is to just that's kind of the best way to approach it, especially if you're staying at the either the contemporary or, well, obviously your DVC members so are right. probably staying at Bay Lake Towers. Sure. If you're there, it's really easy just to, you know, yep. head, well, you have to head down first, right. check in and then head up. But uh, still, it's the best way to do it. No, that, that is a great tip, you know. And like you said, you know, sometimes you don't want to get there that far in advance to just sit around and wait for the fireworks to happen. Um, it's different when you're with people that you haven't seen in a while and you you have a lot of time to talk but otherwise yeah that is a great tip just you know even if you don't get a a drink before the uh the fireworks you just you know head up there like you said you go out to the viewing area watch the fireworks and come in and really then you know kind of start your fun at that point is a is an awesome tip because and and there are other times too that you might get there and it is full just before the fireworks and you know you you don't want to miss out on the experience right. there. And it, like I said, sometimes right after the fireworks, it'll still be, you know, most of the tables taken out, but mostly pe- people will start to get their checks around that time. So if you stand and have a cocktail or beverage right. or whatever the case may be for a little bit, they'll start to open up for you. And it really is the best way. I mean, if you have the little ones, as long as the little ones don't mind the late hours, you know, it's tough for you to have the little ones contained uh, for two, three right. hours within, a, you know, to waiting sure. for the fireworks to get there. You know, so sometimes that, this is the best way to approach it. So Right. And it uh, is still a pretty view because the mm-hmm. lights are are still on of everything over at Magic Kingdom. So it is still really, um, you know, a fascinating view to, to check out even and, after the fireworks. And also a lot of times if you're afterwards, after the fireworks, you also get the Kiss Goodnight, which right. is a smaller firework, little fireworks show that's there at the end. It's, it's kind of a secondary fireworks right. show, smaller thing that happens. And you can take check that out as well while you're up there. So. Right. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, like we said, tomorrow we have a very special bonus mm-hmm. show coming your way. It won't be your typical show. We will not have 
have another tip. No more Disney stories of the week. It's just going to be pretty much this interview that we're right. going to be doing with a special guest. And that special guest is going to be former executive vice president of operations for the Walt Disney World Resort, Lee yes. Cockrell. Now, it's interesting, you know, he was in that position uh, during 2001 for 9-11, which obviously is a different situation, but they also had to go through uh, where they had to close the parks, figure out how to reopen for safety purposes and make sure that the guests felt safe there. Uh, And that's, you know, it's different obviously, but it is, he may have some insight in how Disney's going to do this because of his experience in uh, 2001. Yes. I think you'll find it really intriguing as we will um, on more just the strategies that this this great company takes to a make a park safe and and b to make the guests still feel that it's a wonderful experience so um, we're very honored that he is willing to be interviewed by us and that uh, we're going to be able to share that information with you but he is you know he obviously has held um, such a high level and, you know, for like 16 years. And really, he also opened up um, Paris Disneyland. So I think we're going to hear some really interesting um, aspects of that company. Right. Again, it's insight from somebody who worked within operations, headed up operations at the Walt Disney World Resort. So he kind of knows the systems that they go through for this, and he might have some insight in how Disney's approaching. And we're seeing a little bit of it now, but uh, you know, he might have some further insight into that. And I think it's going to be interesting. He's been on the show before. We're looking forward to bringing him on again tomorrow. Right, exactly. So, so uh, as for next week, uh, Disney Plus will soon be releasing its wonderful World of Color episode about Walt Disney and the 1964 World's Fair. Yeah. So we thought we'd get a little jump start on that and we're going to explore that exact same topic as well because you know, let's just face it, that the 64 World's Fair for Disney, for Disneyland and Disney World for that matter, right. it was just, it was crucial. It was a big moment for Walt Disney, right. for the Disney company uh, and and for the parks themselves. And so we're going to dive a little bit into that and how that experience went and everything before the show comes on. And you can uh, delve it in even further when that comes on. Right, exactly. It really was a pivotal part of um, the expansion of Disneyland, the de- development of uh, the Imagineers, etc. So a lot of great, fun things to talk about with that. No question. So we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com and while you're there feel free to just sign up for the newsletter yes as I mentioned you will not regret it it's a fun newsletter and we love to be able to interact with you more and more yeah we're just trying to find more new and different ways to be closer to all of you our Hyperion adventurers you could also do that by following us on social media we're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast and you can always email us at hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com as well definitely can and uh we really truly do appreciate all of you who are listening and hope you tell a friend or family member about our podcast please do and if you have a little more time a rating and review helps us so many ways as well so that's it thank you for listening to the hyperion adventures podcast We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.